Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and BetOnline is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to BetOnline today and get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntsinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's a it's going to be a fun episode today. There's some wild stuff to talk about, um, some good things and some bad things. We're going to get into all of it, but first, I've got to get into it with my co-host today. Uh, first of all, we've got the cockroach kind of swore the raging rant man, uh, the one, the only tyranny. What up, tyranny? I'm great. Uh, by the way, uh, Bali Sports does the work. We're on day five of that just being the crappiest <laughs> website of all time. Uh, and so, yeah, besides that, and then like the other egregious thing we're about to talk about, I'm okay, I guess. Uh, I have a lot of emotions, and we're going to get to you them. You sound very not okay. <laughs> I, Dylan, I'm, I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. If you hear right. it in my voice, I'm not okay, but I'm okay. You know Listen, I mean? you heard, you heard his chuckle in the background. You see the bat signal in the air. He is coming to you from Wayne Manor. The one, the only, Alex Roy, Alejandro. What up, Alex? Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Every freaking time with the Warriors, man. Like every time. Ah, oh, Draymond. I hate that guy. If he's not, you know, kicking Steven Adams in the nuts, he's out here elbowing Chet Holmgren and touching the rim when he doesn't have to freaking do it. Like, mm. oh, here we go. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We will we will talk about Draymond, the shenanigans, the stuff at the end of the game, uh, and all that and more, but. First, we've got to introduce our guests. Hopefully, they will they will liven our spirits a little bit as we get going in the podcast. So, uh, returning to the Top of Thunder podcast once again, joining us today is a man from Minnesota and a man from Arizona. If one is the conductor of chaos, the other is the engineer. If one is the accountant, I guess the other would be the calculator. Uh, one man famously compares Scoot Henderson to the Pixar movie Inside Out, and one man... Wow. Said that he was going to bet Chet Holmgren for Rookie of the Year. Um, they are both mem- founding members of the No Seamless Collective. They are both friends of the pod. They are both two of the best draft minds in all of the draft space. And they are here to talk about our Oklahoma City Thunder and who we might be looking at in the draft with hopefully not our picks. Uh, without further ado, joining us today, the return of the Tylers, Rucker and Metcalf. Just it was just a special. It feels just right. Now I can really get the draft season and NBA season going with that intro. So thank you for having us back. Thrilled to be here. I think this is the first time I've actually uh, potted with Alex on when he's not in just lurking in the dark in a car. (laughs) I was just gonna. Oh, those are the best podcasts. It's good to see that he has walls and a roof around him. Um, I'm glad that he's doing well. Uh, I'm just. I'm pumped to be back with you guys. Hey, we are Dylan, I like on, man. I like how your two intros were like uh one of them has like a pretty good uh 
normal NBA take, check rookie of the year. And the other take was like something about like inside Incredibly out. creative. Just, and just like, yeah, yeah one was just like way off the wall. And then the other one was cycle. like very normal. So I, Bro, I don't know. What what I love those... about, <laughs> that's what I love about no ceilings is like, you know, they, they're like super analytical and they like, you know, break down this film and all that spectrum. Stuff. And then you have Metcalf comparing Scoot Henderson to Inside Out. You have I love that. Out You're welcome. Comparing Case and Wallace to a good pair of scissors. I still don't know what that means, but <laughs> hey, it was awesome. I love that. I love that type of stuff. I mean, but hey, Kate, guys, Kate, go ahead, okay. go ahead. Case and look good tonight. I, I'm foaming at the mouth to talk about this team because now yes. I've actually watched them very closely, and I know if you guys have, of course. So, like, you're saying you want to talk draft. I'm ready to just talk Thunder basketball. Hey, we'll well, hold that, hold, hold all that in your pocket. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like there's a therapy session that needs to happen with <laughs> the we, we have a lot of unboxing. Yeah, today, a lot of catharsis going on. <laughs> all right. So um, first of all, I mean, let's get into it. So guys, uh, whenever we recap the game, we recap it with a segment we like to call the single large item. Yes, that is a ripoff of the one big thing from Scott Van Pelt. And basically we just pick out something from the game that kind of stuck out to us once something is picked. We can all kind of talk about it after the, you know, the person that picks it kind of makes their point. But, you know, we don't go back to points after that. So uh, and in the midst of, you know, so many people on the pod figure we kind of cover every aspect of the game that way. So single large item for the game. Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm just going to kind of throw this out there. Obviously, the final score was 141 to 139. Very high scoring game. Hardly any defense playing. Um, a lot of shot making going on all around, but the story of this game, and it's really sad it's the story of this game because this was truly a fun and special game of basketball that was being played tonight. Um, but came down to the end, 139-139, tied at 16.4 seconds left. The inbound ball, Steph Curry, ISO Ludor, he dribbles the ball for, I want to say, like 10, 12 seconds before he drives in. Crazy scoop layup, like, Good All layup. credit to Steph. Like it was a crazy layup over the outstretched arms of Chet Holmgren, um, and it looked like it was going in. But Draymond Green, out of nowhere, the guy complaining all night. I'm sure we're going to get into that as well. Went up and grabbed the rim before the ball officially fell in. Like everybody, the announcers thought it was basket interference. Uh, Thunder fans thought it was basket interference. The Warriors thought it was basket interference. Everybody thought it was basket interference. It's going to be no bucket. The Thunder weren't going to have time to get up like a real shot, and we're just going into overtime. Not so fast, my friends. The referees, they reviewed the call, and they overturned the the play. They said no basket interference. Draymond's rim interference didn't do anything to affect the shot. The Thunder had point. Six seconds left for Josh Giddy to try to throw the ball the length of the court. They tipped it. Time ran out. Game over. Just a showering of booze from the Paycom Center. Uh, uh, that, that's, I mean, you know, that's the single large item of the game. It's not my single large item of the game, but that's, single, that's the single large item of the game. Um, before I get into Tyranny and Alex, you know, you know, obviously we're like Thunder fans, so like we're definitely – Feeling this a little bit more, but you know, from an outside perspective, Rucker Metcalf. Actually, we'll go to Metcalf because Rucker said he's kind of adopted us. Metcalf, uh, from an outside perspective, I, I just got to say, like, how do you feel about that final call? And uh, don't worry, and don't worry about <laughs> language. Use all the language, all the adjectives you want to use. Listen, I threw f bombs out like all the time against Bali Sports <laughs> the other week, so have at it. No, and the, the the refs clearly fucked up. It was the wrong call. I thank you. Yes. Yeah. Do I, do I think that it affected the shot at all? No. But was it the wrong call? Yes. Did he hit the rim? Yes. Was it offensive mm-hmm. goaltending? Yes. Thunder got screwed. Um, it sucks. It, that that's not how you want to see a game like that end because it was too, way too much fun uh, for both teams on mm-hmm. both ends of the floor for it to end in that manner. And we just kind of keep getting this bullshit from the refs a lot. And yes, it's early season, but. These last couple of years, um, NBA wide, it seems to be a kind of growing problem. So I, I have no idea what the explanation is. The two minute report should be just glorious stuff tomorrow, <laughs> um, especially since it went to review. So, you know, not only what did the people on the court get it wrong, but the people who are talking to them and reviewing it from every single angle in the arena, they also got it wrong. So it, it, it's just 
a calamity of errors. It, it, it's really impressive stuff. Yeah, it was it, it was rough. Uh, Rucker, uh, obviously, he was talking a little bit before the pod, you know, about everything that happened. Would you care to share with our audience uh, your reaction to the call in real time? I mean, I, I was letting out F-bombs left and right in my living room. My wife was, like, very concerned. Like, what's wrong? And I was just like, just some bullshit call in this game. Like, I was just pissed because, um, like Metcalf said, that game was incredible. It was everything you wanted for a, a Friday night game. And I feel like before that play happened, I was doing a big stretch. And I was like, oh, awesome. We're getting overtime basketball. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, that crap happens. And you're just like, what? Like, and then to review it. And just Still to have the game end like that. And they took a long so, time on that review. And, and that's mm-hmm. where I got sick to my stomach. Cause when it takes super long, you're like, they're going to screw someone. And I, I look, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but it's going to be okay. Thunder fans. I promise. Like these are this, good. This may be the end good. of the season. If no, that, it's that good. Might be it. <laughs> this is good lessons for a young team. They literally just hang, hung with the Warriors yeah. without their best player. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is very valuable losses. I think there's such a thing as good losses. This is a good loss for the Thunder early on to be like, hey, we can't put this in the refs' hands. We got to take care of business. And you know, they just played unbelievable without SGA. I I, I think they're going to be fine. So just be patient. But Losses like this suck, especially yeah. when you know the two-minute report's going to come out and you're just going to be rolling your eyes at it. It just sucked that it ended this way. Yeah, I'm, I'm Tyranny, I'm going to hold you off for a second. You're still on the bench, and then we'll bring you in for a sub and let you cook. Uh, I'm going to get to Alex okay. here first, though. Alex, uh, what, what, what was your thoughts here? So there's two thoughts. There's two trains of thoughts that I have. So number one, um, so this was a made basket, and this was interference on a made basket. If this was a just jacked up ass shot that had no way of going in and somebody jumped up from the opposite team and touched the ball, mm-hmm. it would be a goaltend. And so if you're going to play by the rules, you got to play by the rules regardless. I mean, I, I understand that that shot was going to go in regardless. I get that. I 100% get that. But the rule is if you mess with any part of the rim or if you slap the backboard or anything like that that's offensive interference the other rule is which i think josh giddy may have touched the rim also because both of both of their hands were up there the net there we go Mm -hmm. um if both an offensive player and a defensive player touch the rim while the shot is going in it's basically a do-over and the, the point doesn't count and they jump the ball at half court so there's two rules right there that were completely just jacked over just because the ball went in, you know, just because it went in. So that's number one. Number two, I know the referees are supposed to remain objective, but I don't know what type of freaking Stockholm syndrome they have oh, when it gosh. comes to Draymond Green. Like Draymond Green is the one player out there that reminds me of like Rashid Wallace, uh, Dennis Rodman just out there trying to embarrass the shit out of the refs, and they literally give him every fucking call. Like, go ahead and bash in Chet Holmgren's dome. Oh, okay, that's a no call. Oh, go ahead and touch the rim whenever the ball is going in. Oh, that's a no call. You know, like, I, it, it, it really it really grates my, just my, just my soul, man. Just, you know, freaking Draymond, every time he gets away with it, man. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm freaking... I'm uh, the guy from Breaking Bad, and I'm like, why does he always get away with it? <laughs> He's um, getting away from this. <laughs> he can't keep getting away with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, it just, it just, look, the Thunder played beautifully. I left that game completely proud of my team. They played beautifully. They were without SGA. There was so much ball movement going on. The tit-for-tat three-point contest that, Steph and Lou had in the third quarter was amazing. And it should be something that we remember for years to come. But the ending of this game is a travesty and a tragedy. And darn you, NBA at NBA officials. Go ahead. Have some shame. Yeah. Have some shame. shame. All right, Tierney. uh, We have called a timeout. Uh, We are subbing you in. We are letting you cook. I love this. I like this how, is so much I like fun. How, I like how Dylan, let, like last week when I did this, he let me go first and he's like, never again. Let's, let's, let's get everybody else. 
let's get everybody else their takes and then just like throw this guy in and like walk away for 10 minutes. Uh, I'm not going to rant that long because I, I listened back to the podcast last time. And Give I, the I people the same, what they want. I said the same three lines like five times for, for 15 minutes straight. It felt like they so loved I, it. I don't want to do that. Uh, no, I, I got it. I do want to say I, uh, I just met Tyler and well, both Tyler's and uh, I hate to, uh, sorry, I'm trying to keep up with names here. I don't have them on the screen. Tyler Rutgers uh, with the hat. Rucker and yeah. Metcalf. Metcalf. Okay. Uh, Metcalf, you said something and I totally disagree with it. So sorry for the crossfire here. But oh, I like I you already. First, I like this guy already. All, <laughs> first, first of all, I, I want to emphasize what Alex said to the two points. Like, not, there's nothing in the rule book that that justifies this call. Like, and I know we're kind of hot off of the off the press, I guess, with this game. So maybe it comes out later, but I'm, I'm like 98% sure. I'm no connoisseur. Steven Dolan and Andrew Schlecht are like the two guys I usually look to for this stuff. And they have not said anything. So I'm pretty sure they just made up some bullshit and they're like, that's the game. Sorry, you have 0.6 seconds to win the game now. Good luck. So there was no way, there was no chance we were gonna win this. Uh, and with the Draymond thing, you like Alex mentioned some of it. He he just threw a fit, like in the fourth quarter, yelling at the refs for a foul that happened like a minute ago. And yeah, it, whenever whenever Thompson game. was going to the line. Yeah, when when he he stopped the entire game and they just let him talk it out, like okay, let's get it going. Nobody else would get that treatment in the league. And then the fact that like all of that, the, the Chet hit and all that stuff too, the fact that the, it's, he is the one that gets this no call is just the cherry on top for, for the refs with this whole thing. Um, the thing that Metcalf said, normal fans that are sane would agree with this, that this was a good loss. And I actually tweeted that. Oh, that was Rucker. When... I didn't say that shit. That I don't think me. any so loss is good. You can bring all sorry, the you want. I'm ready for it. Turn <laughs> it up. I'm sorry. I was, I was pointing out <laughs> How Metcalf. How dare you? Now, 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 I'm so sorry. Here we go. I'm so sorry. But but like I tweeted this out too. I tweeted this out too. I was like, this is a win or loss. This was before this all happened. I said, win or loss, good game. This is a great game for our team. We like Offensively, we could not have played better. This is not a good loss. This is not a good loss, in my opinion, as an insane Thunder fan. Like you, how do you, like, how do you justify this to a group of young guys? Like, hey guys, you played the best game of your entire lives, but the refs just screwed you. Sorry. Like, what can you do? You know. And I get the whole, whole idea of like, don't don't let the refs control the game. But in what situation could you have played any better? I mean, you could have theoretically played better, like maybe better defensively, but like. You're you're coming out of this game like the Thunder played perfect basketball. Like without Shea on the court in that context, you could not have played better. Chet was amazing early, and then it was Dort. Like the third quarter was amazing, and then Giddy just somehow miraculously turned it on the fourth quarter. It was the perfect like everybody stepped up in their own time, and then the whole thing is just completely wiped away because again of a a completely made up rule. Like I I don't think. I don't think we're like fully understanding the like the, there was there's no rule that that justifies what they said. They said that the trajectory was not altered because of the offensive interference. That's not a rule. There's no rule in the rule book that says that. If it's offensive interference, it's offensive interference. Plain and simple. So, I'm done now. But like that's crazy. It's just it, like we've had our fair share of of like that's a bad call. The The most recent one in that comes to mind was like the Giannis no call on the baseline where he like stepped out of That's bounds. the most recent one you have? I have ADD and I can't remember was, a lot of like, That was the first one that, that comes to mind. pre-championship Giannis. Yeah, I know. I, I have a bad Josh. memory. He's discarding Giannis. Bro. To go back to, uh, I know. Gary, Gary That's Payton the one that came to my brain right there because I have very selective memory. But He's a podcaster like, on Athletic now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you, I, you have I, hey hey you do have to forgive tyranny because he did have like a three year hiatus where he didn't podcast at all. That's so. true. That's I know. True. Like all of my podcasting is like now and then like 2020 basically. So <laughs> uh, right. yeah, that, I mean, there's other ones you could probably think of. I just can't think of them right now. But the point is, like, this is by far, by far, the worst one I've ever seen. By far. Yeah. And uh, it, it's crazy. 
so, so just, sorry, so, sorry to jump in, but as an oh, outsider, yeah. and I, I was, I kind of already know the answer here. But if you just erased Draymond from that play entirely, and he wasn't even on the court, and everything happens the exact same way, does it help at all that that ball was still going in? Uh, well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Kind of, because, I mean, it's Steph Curry, man. Like, you've got... It's a hell of a shot. If that's the the worst loss that the Thunder have this year, they're in pretty good situation. And what I'm saying about this was a bad loss. I understand a fan would hear what I said and said, this is fucking crazy. And I agree. (laughs) But... Every team that is... No, no, no. Let me say it. Every (laughs) team that is on the rise is going to face adversity. The Thunder mm-hmm. are a legit team in the Western Conference. I don't care what their record is right now. They're 3-3, three and three, 500. They've been battling with teams. They're learning what it takes to be one of these top-tier teams. They're going to get up against some tough teams. Yep. They could have played better tonight. You know, uh, I think Giddy had six turnovers. Jalen Williams had six turnovers. They could have cleaned up a lot of stuff. They could have won this game. They were right there. This is great reps for the young guys because the big dog is going to come back. This team just needs time to gel together. They're going to be nasty. Like, I know how excited Thunder fans are. They should be because this team is legit. They just need time. And stuff like this, you can learn something from every game. And it was a shitty loss. But I'm right there with Metcalf. Like, the shot was going in. Mm -hmm. It's just we got a little bit of hope of like, wait, no, we might get overtime now. And then it it was a bullshit call. Like, everything you guys are saying is right because the rule states... That it should have been waved mm-hmm. off, yes. or it should have been in half court. We're jumping it up. We're going overtime. And if they lost in overtime, well, it was fair. They got their shot, but it just sucked the way that it ended. And that's from someone that's not a diehard Thunder fan like you guys. It was bullshit. Uh, the, I'd like to break the some Oklahoma news real quick City for everybody. Oh, is that what you about to say? <laughs> yeah, the police department. Uh, the Oklahoma City Police Department have waited. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder. The Thunder were robbed. <laughs> The official wrong. Oklahoma City Police Department. <laughs> We're opening up an investigation. All yes. right, let's let's move on from Draymond. Except I, I do just have to say, uh, whoever is the in arena music person for the Thunder needs a freaking raise because every time Draymond started complaining, they started playing yep. violin music. Or I was laughing yep. so <laughs> hard on my couch. Yeah. I was like, "Is this?" I thought it was like my phone playing a clip on Twitter, and then I was like, "Oh, whoa, that's a brilliant play-by-play guy or a PA guy." Oh, it was, was amazing. So amazing. And uh and when Isaiah Joe hit the four point play in the third quarter, they started playing John Cena's music. I was like, <laughs> I'm here for it. I love that. Um, all right, guys. Well, hey, let's get back into our single orange items now. We can stop talking about the play because, like we said, you know, in the lead up to it, there was some beautiful basketball in between. And, you know, a lot of guys, you know, showed up, stepped up uh with uh with Shea out in this game. So uh, I'm going to go to our guest first. Uh, he hasn't got to talk a little bit, so I'm going to go to Metcalf. Metcalf, single large item of the game. Who you want to talk about? Casein Wallace. Hey. Um, this dude just rocks. He just knows how to play basketball. Um, he's always in the right place at the right time. It's He just fills in any holes in the lineup, on the floor, anything the team needs. He does it on both ends of the floor. It's incredible how just how slow the game is for him already, how comfortable he is out there, and just how willing he is to do the dirty work that no one else really wants to do. And he's out there. I mean, he played 36 minutes tonight, plus four overall, um, 13 I mean, points, incredible defense. And it's been that all season. And it was like that in college. And it was like that in high school. So it's like just another physical super high IQ guard that the Thunder have lurking in the roster and on nights like this where SGA doesn't play you can just kind of throw him in and there obviously there's a difference because SGA is an all NBA guard but Mm -hmm. that that drop off isn't as severe as it should be when you replace an all NBA guard with a rookie it's just really awesome stuff the way he's just fit in immediately yeah, I like what you guys said on your all's the most recent podcast when you guys were kind of talking about the uh, NBA reactions. And Rucker, I think it was you was talking about Case and Wallace. Is like, wait a minute, I could just be myself. All right, cool, let's rock. So, uh, Rucker, how did you feel about Casein's performance tonight? Because I, I know you were very high on him coming into the draft as well. Yeah, I think I think he's looked fantastic early on. I 
I think with a lot of these rookies, it's more, you don't see a lot of these guys getting big minutes right now. Um, I was listening to Vicini and Bryce for the game theory, and they were running through a lot of the, the first round. You would think like almost half of the guys are even averaging 10 minutes right now. So it's rare to get minutes like that. And Kaysen was one of those guys, I believe. And to, to step up and play the way he did with SGA out, I think it was fantastic. I think he, he had one play early on defensively where, you know, he kind of got his welcome to the NBA moment where he was a little far off on Steph and just kind of got caught like, Oh, and Steph had a wide open three, but mm-hmm. adjust in-game adjustments with some of these rookies. That's the most impressive thing for me compared to chasing box scores. And I think Kaysen just looks like another hit. Like I think Presti just added another guy that they're going to be able to, to blossom and he's just going to be tough and one that you're keeping around forever. So it's been cool to see Kaysen be able to play to his confidence, be, do what he does best. And I think Thunder are better off because of it. What do you guys think of the uh, inverted pick and rolls that they run with Kaysen oh, at the I roll, man? Love it. <laughs> I've watched that clip about 90 times with Chet throwing the dime to him. I was like, my goodness, we're getting a 5-1 pick and roll. This is fantastic. And so. I think they were even, it was like two games ago, they were running him and SGA pick and rolls with Kaysen rolling and SGA is mm-hmm. just throwing left-handed live dribble dimes to him on the roll at the rim it, it's just it's really really fun stuff and I, I i would be hard pressed to find another rookie guard in the last five years that you could kind of single out and kind of mirror what Kaysen is doing mm-hmm. to what they've done it, he's he's really special the way the, the way that he's fit in he looks like he's been there for four years already yeah mm-hmm. that's exactly. just the way he's playing exactly yeah. less than 10 games into his rookie season coming off the bench. Like it's just remarkable. And I mean, Mark is just, whew. Like they have was, all the pieces. They have all the pieces. Like they just, was, it just needs time. There was no point in this game where I was like, Oh hell, we got a rookie out there. You know, you never feel it. Never. No, never Ooh. felt that at all. If anything, when he was out there, I was like, okay, I, I just felt like a sense of calm. He was out there for 36 minutes. Like he did like, he did a great job. You know, he's out there doing whatever needs to be done to win. Like one of the biggest things that, you know, people, other, other Thunder podcasts talk about, and even ourselves is first five games of the season, Case and Wallace in the dunker spot, all six foot three of Case and Wallace are all out there in the dunker spot, you know, constantly getting, you know, catching those, those passes. So having him out there, you don't feel like he's a rookie. You do feel like he's a, a, a four-year veteran. And you also, like, the comparisons to Drew Holiday every day just come out more and more and more. And it's just like, holy crap, we may have just gotten, like, a Drew Holiday clone, you know, with the 10th pick in a draft. It's amazing we have technically three rookies, and I know we'll probably talk about one of them later. And not at no point we're like, there's a rookie on the court. Like, it doesn't ever feel like that. All three of them. It's amazing. Yeah. Blessed. And- Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, last thing I'll say about Kaysen is uh, I also think like he's been efficient every single game that he's played in. Uh, I think currently he still leads the league in three point percentage. Uh, he's uh, last I checked, he was up there around the fifties. So uh, shout out Kaysen Wallace, man, uh, doing the big blue proud, doing the thunder blue proud as well. So, um, you know, just had to throw that in there. Um Rucker, I'm going to go ahead and give you the next thing, large item, because if you don't take this guy, I feel like he's going to get taken. I mean, I've been foaming since we hit record to talk about Chet. Um, (laughs) It's just awesome. You know, it it really is. I feel like I'm not a big victory lap guy, but I feel like we were just all in at no ceilings about Chet, a lot of us. And I was just like, this is going to work. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be beautiful. We had to wait a, a year to see it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think my favorite thing about Chet, and it's something going back to Gonzaga, and I've already seen, you know, we post some stuff about his stats tonight for those ceilings. And a lot of people are like, he's got to shoot more. And I, I think people have to realize he can do that. He can take over a game, but that's usually not Chet's game. He's just usually Mr. Efficient. He takes high quality shots. He, is very unselfish and people also got to realize, I think he went seven for nine tonight, mm-hmm. yep. but he was also eight for eight at the free throw line. Like he's just intelligent of understanding how to let the three point shot create driving lanes to get to the, get to the free throw line. And 
I just think Chet's going to take this team to an, a complete different stratosphere. Like, I, I think the sky is the limit for him. I think a lot of people are talking about Wimby, and I think Chet's been the most impressive player right now um, in the NBA. I, I really feel that way. I love it. I love it. Did you did you put your bet in for Chet Holmgren? No, I'm, I might actually do it right now while I'm while I'm doing this podcast. You, I you need to it. do it live on right. the pod. I'll do it. I'll do it live. Chetapetonline.ag. What, 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 what's the Thunder vibe? Because me and Metcalf talk about Chet probably once every day. Um, mm. We talk about like 20 prospects a day, I feel like, me and Metcalf. But then it somehow turns into Chet. Like, oh my gosh, do you see how awesome <laughs> Chet was? Is every Thunder fan just like pumped out of their mind? Because I feel like it comes across my timeline all the time. Is there anyone that's just like, we need to see more? Because do I need to find their usernames? Or what's going on? There, I mean, there is... So it's it's we need to see more and it's in a positive way. Like this yeah. guy can do so much more than what he's doing. You know, this guy has the ability to to do things consistently throughout a game. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you say, you know, oh, you had nine shots. Why didn't you have 15? Right. I get that. You know, so it, it's just one of those things, that, you know, that I've heard some people say. And it's just and what I've said is you know, the Thunder offense can tend to look a little bit clunky this year because we are looking to see how to work this guy in because this guy is, is you know, we, we look at Dub and we say he's our number two. Nah, that's the number two, you know, and right. w- with the possibility of, of being like a, a, a 1A, 1B with, with SGA. Um, and so I, I do think that, you know, there as the season progresses, his field goal attempts will probably start to go up and you'll see a lot more involvement in the offense. Yeah. The other thing with Chet, like, you know, there are people, there are still detractors of him being our big and, you know, they're taking these games where we get bullied on the glass, where Chet kind of gets bullied by bigger guys, you know, uh, like the Bulls game against Vuk and, and Andre Drummond. Um, this last game against Jonas Valanciunas and Zion, like, you know, they're taking these games and they're using that same ammunition, but what they fail to recognize is, you know, up until tonight, we haven't had Jalen Williams, you know, big Jalen Williams, boom, as I like to call him. Um, and also Kendrick Williams still isn't on the roster. And those are two guys like, yes, they are bench players, but they are rotation players. And they're also like the source of our physicality. They are super important on defense and, you know, they're, they're some of our bigger, like, stronger guys on the team. So, with those, guys, with those guys not healthy, yeah, Chet's been the five, like, playing. But we were experimenting with Usman Jang as small ball five. And I love Uz. Shout out Jang Gang 100% all the time. Small ball five is not where you want Usman Jang right now. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's just not working. Olivier Saar did all right against the Pistons. But other than that, like, he's a two-way player for a reason. So, a lot of yeah. the struggles that we had in those games weren't because Chet was the five. It was because of the lack of physicality that our team played with in general, because we didn't have two of our like core pieces of physicality. So I, I think that those concerns will get quelled as the season goes on. Um, but that's, that's still a subject to discourse on the timeline with Thunder fans. I think they got a lot of guys. What is so special about this team is they have a lot of unselfish guys that really fit well together. And that's Mm -hmm. why I've kind of said, like, they just need time to figure it out because Chet is a killer, but he's also an unselfish player where he wants to put his teammates in position to get good shots. He wants to play team basketball. And I think with time, that team will figure out, you know, Okay, SGA gets the ball when we need a bucket, but Chet's number two. He's our second option. And then all of a sudden it goes down to J-Dub and whoever's got the hot hand, if it's Giddy one night. But I think they're still trying to figure out kind of, all right, late game situations. Like this is all the part of the stuff of building a team that's going to be in the playoffs for a very long time and potentially be contending for a championship. But you have to figure out that stuff. And it's only going to happen with reps. So I, I think Chet right now is playing outstanding, but I understand Thunder fans being like, shoot more. You can do more. You could put up 30 a game. But I think it's just there's going to be nights where he's having 15 and 12 and arguably he's the best player on the court. And it's just because he's efficient and not a guy that's like, hey, I got to put up 30 shots to to get my 
my fix. I think he's just one of those, like, I'll take them when they're open or else I'll make the right play. And I, I think a, a lot of that also has to do with the fact that, you know, his career is going to be intertwined with Wimbenyama's career. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we saw what, what Victor did last night, putting up 38, you know, 10 rebounds against the Suns and beating them for a second night, beating a title contender for a second night in a row. Um, and so whenever this game started and we knew that we didn't have SGA out there, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, Chet, let's see what you can do. You know, let's see what you're going to do. And he, he did great, but could he, could he have done more? Could he have shot more? You know? And so that's, that's where that kind of plays into, you know, into that, uh, that narrative, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, can we just talk about some of the things that Chet did tonight? Like, uh, something that I've like, you know, kind of been mind blown, like just in watching him, like from the preseason, the regular season, because, you know, it, it was such a long gap between, you know, now and the summer league. And it was an even longer gap between summer league and summer league. But I'm blown away at his body control for his size, the way that he's able to absorb contact and still find a way to finagle the ball up to the rim. Like, it's, it's insane. And Metcalf, like, I, I know you've made the tweet about it the other night. I think it was after the Cavs game about Chet's ability to stay vertical and, you know, still find like locate the ball with his offhand and get, get the blocks. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's been the best defender that I've ever scouted. Um, and I get so excited every time you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and you know, for, for me, that's probably going back to like Anthony Davis era. Um, so, I mean, Evan Mobley, I would say, is a better perimeter defender and moves better in space. And, you know, he's someone that you can switch a little more on the perimeter, but I don't think he's anywhere close to uh, Chet in terms of rim protection. And then, you know, I think Wemby's ceiling is probably higher, but when you look at them at this point in their careers, fundamentally and consistency-wise, Chet is just leagues ahead of him. And Wimby gets by so much just because he has freakish, freakish athletic tools. And once he figures out that stuff and the fundamentals and the consistency, it's going to be a massive problem. But right now, Chet is the best defender I have ever scouted because he just uses his understanding of distances and angles is so absurd for someone his age. Um, Maybe we'll get into it later, but something that so many like athletic, lanky, kind of agile big men do when defending on the perimeter is they try and cut off drives and they flip their hips to try and stick with guys and cut them off right away. We see Wemby do this all the time, uh, like on that absurd block that he had on Jalen Williams in the preseason, he got completely turned around because he's flipping his hips way too early. And there, then he's super vulnerable to get turned around like that. That almost never happens with Chet. He's fine with guys blowing past him because he knows that he has the length to smother them from behind. And he's, as they're driving past him, he's using his footwork and his positioning to bump them out an extra step or two from the lane. So their drives a little more arced. So they're, taking that extra second or two to get to the rim, which is giving him a better angle to cut them off and deter their shot or block it at the rim. It's just such a cerebral understanding of the game and a manipulation on the defensive end that we rarely see from guys in general, let alone rookies who are five games into their career. It's really special stuff that he's done at every single level of his basketball career. Man, so every time I hear y'all wax poetic on Chet's defense, it just just gets me excited. Sorry, go ahead, Rucker. Oh no, I, I I it's we've talked about it all the time, and it's a joy to talk about every single time because it's it's an artist on that side of the ball. He is incredibly gifted. It's I agree with Metcalf. We've been saying it since last year. Like I, I still believe Chet is leaps ahead of Victor as, as a defender. And I agree with Metcalf, like Wemby has the potential to be a higher ceiling, but I think Chet is just, it, it's the, what he does before the plays even coming to him. Like he's very good at putting himself in position. That's why I always say he's a chess player. He is moves ahead. It's, mm-hmm. it's in a weird way, you know, like, Luca coming in as a prospect on the offensive side of the ball where people were like, I don't know if this slow European guy can really hang, but 
it's Luca's footwork, anticipation, ability to read the defense and get to where he wants to that made him special. That's Chet on the defensive side of the ball. Like Chet is so good at knowing where you are wanting to go before you even know. Like, so he he puts himself, he's always communicating. When I saw him in person, he's always talking. He's just reading what everyone wants to do. So it's just, it's awesome to see him having success so early on. And I think, you know, like tonight he didn't have like the four or five block game, but you go back and look at the tape. There was clips all over the place where he's rotating. He's stopping drives mm-hmm. and it's all of a sudden the Warriors are getting a tough shot. And it's just because of him being in the right spot. And um, he's awesome. He's just so, so much fun. And that's why we, we've all been so excited to see him at the NBA level. Well, and yeah. that's so much of what his rim protection is, is that shot deterrence and that, you know, when we use the word manipulation, we frequently talk about on-ball creators or playmakers and them moving the defense, but he does that on the defensive end. And so frequently ball handlers will get to a spot in the lane where they're like, oh, I got I got a layup here. And then they look over their shoulder and they see the 7-2 dude with an incredible wingspan just waiting for him for them to present the ball so he can swat it away. And they have to circle all the way back out and completely reset the defense. So I know his block numbers have been a little inconsistent, and I think the only block that he got credited for tonight was when he got elbowed in the face. But there's so much more of his rim protection is more than just the block numbers. But then you factor in the blocks and how he stays vertical and absorbs contact and kind of just allows his body to be turned while still staying vertical and then being really patient and then locating the ball at that very last second where the ball handler presents it to take their shot. It's just an incredible amount of discipline that very few NBA players at large ever show. Mm-hmm. The last thing I would say is because I we could talk for Chet for three hours, but yeah, you had all these podcasts with all these NBA studs, and all of them were saying, "Man, look out for Chet! Look out for Chet!" And I don't think people realize what a big deal that is when like the elite guys are being like, "Chet can play." And that's like in a pickup setting and mm-hmm. now with the NBA and he understands like he's one of those guys, he could block a shot in the first quarter and the whole other team is like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Every time I'm driving, I got to be aware of number seven in blue or, or white. You know, he just, he's really good at being like, I don't have to block every shot. I just got to make your life tough when you come near me. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a special gift with like Vic, comparing him and Victor Victor's one of those, like, I, I want to get the highlight block. I want to get send it into yep. the fifth row. Chet's one of those, like, I just want it to be tough for you. <laughs> and I, if you try to challenge me, I am going to block it. But he's just very gifted at, at understanding that it's not just about protecting the rim. It's about being in the right position and making mm-hmm. it tough for the offense to, to try to score on him. And that's why I think he's just so special. And we're only talking about the defense. Like, he's gifted playmaker he's got great feel on both sides of the ball he's just great shooter great shooter the, the footwork in the post tonight that yes. one movie had on Kamingo was nasty and, and you know that's where i think i understand thunder fans being like we want more because he can be a guy you post up he can be a guy you feed touches it's just this is a great start for him it's only going to get better it, it, it really is and you know, me and Mick have talked on the No Ceiling show. Like, he's going to have a, a couple game stretch where the three point shot's a little cold, but that's fine. It's it happens with every player. It's never going to happen. He's never going to miss again, actually. Right? <laughs> so, he just the, goes on like, a five game streak of perfect. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, oh, was, okay. Well, it's happening. <laughs> it was like, dang it. Kaysen's not a, he's not, he's not an alien. He missed a shot after a second game. Uh, yeah. Last thing I got to say about Chet is uh, the thing. Something that impressed me a couple of games, I think it was the Pistons game. There was a possession where it was on the fast break, and he contested a corner three, crashed for the rebound. The other team got the rebound, and then he contested the corner three on the other side of the court, all in like a span of 10 seconds. Like He's, he's insane, the ground he covers, um, how, how intelligent he is on knowing where to be on the basketball court at all times on both sides of the ball. And uh, if – if Wemby does that, they have it as the as the first highlight on Sports <laughs> yeah. Center, you know, and first take the next day. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. clipped five different ways: slow mo, <laughs> fast, <laughs> phantom cam. Yes, um, 
All right. Well, hey, let's move on from talking about Chet. Like you said, we could talk about Chet forever. Why do um, we have to? Alex, we're 45 minutes into this podcast and we're still on this game. Bro, I got nowhere to be. Where you got to be? Well, <laughs> I agree with Anyways, that. It's Friday um, night. We're having fun. We've talked about a bad. We've talked about a bad call in exactly no. two players in 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, I meant to throw in. Are you having? Are we having fun yet? In the intro for you, Rucker. And I it's okay. It. It's okay. I am having fun. Thank you. Guys. There we go. There we go. All right. Hey, I, I'm. I'm expecting someone to sell me a pen today. I'm just saying that. <laughs> That's the other guys. Come on now. No. Oh, that's the other guys? Oh, that's, uh, that's no Albert. Yeah, that's, that's right. Write that's your name fine. down. <laughs> my fault. My fault. There's so many of you guys out there. Uh, there's I, even I, more have have you looked at your roster? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a new face every time I talk with you guys. <laughs> touché, touché. I love it. <laughs> All right, well, hey, speaking of the new faces, Jerry, you haven't said nothing in like 20 minutes. Uh, we're bringing you back off the bench. Uh, what's your single large item? I knew you were going to do Dustin off Davis Pertons. I knew you were going to call on me uh, right after they just like gave the most incredibly <laughs> articulate and intelligent uh, analysis of like rotating hips and like stuff. I don't even know they what they're talking about. They're evaluating these guys, Tierney. And then, and then you're going to come to me and I'm just going to give some like bullshit and it's going to be like going to like a Michelin star restaurant and then eating like sushi at a gas station. That's, that's what the listeners are going to be getting right now. So sorry. But I'm I'm I this is what I got so deal with maybe it. maybe donut um, sushi at a gas station just saying in Oklahoma especially uh, but yeah my my single large item is not a player it's it's the shooting uh, mm. and I also have a small small single large item um, oh come on. but I'm gonna save it until the end and I want to see smuggle. if anyone can fi- I want to see if anyone else can figure it out because the hint I'll give you is that um, it is it is big news but it is not anybody that was on the court tonight. Uh, but they were on the, let me rephrase that. They were not a player on the court, but they were on the court tonight. That's the hint I'll give you. Um, oh, anyway, my, my, my single large item is a shooting. Uh, and I mentioned it at the oh, beginning, but I'll just say it again. Uh, Lou Dort uh, went nine for nine to start. Uh, two of the greatest shooters of all time mm-hmm. with him and Steph were, were immaculate and, like that back and forth in like the third quarter uh, was just fun to watch all the way around. Uh, and then you got guys like Isaiah Joe, just like doing what he does. He had that four point play. Um, it was like third and fourth quarter. He was, he was going off and then Giddy just out of nowhere, like lit it up six straight in a row um, in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I, I like the shooting was as good as it could have been. Um, I don't, know if we can ask him anymore again like that's one of those games where like you see that kind of performance offensively and you're like that has to be a win obviously it wasn't should have been but whatever um so that's my that's my single large item and um yeah i think that's it it's just great shooting all around like i said i'm not you're not gonna get analysis from me i i'm not i'm not that type of guy but Oh, no, I thought I mean, that hey. was great. I thought that was I, I great. Thank you. It's Dorcher delightful. Chamber? Come on. Yeah. See, you guys, see, you guys are so much better than Dylan. He he just <laughs> he just craps on me all the time. It, it's a bit to give Tierney a hard those. time. It's a good time. We actually tried being nice to Tierney for a podcast, and he, he openly was, said he was uncomfortable. I, with it. <laughs> I mentally broke down. I didn't know what to do. It was awful. I hated it. <laughs> was right. was um, your little was your little big thing about Poku? It wasn't. It wasn't. It is not. You're not going to get it. There's no okay. way because was my brain. Was it Joe? No, but he didn't. Play it is not Red Panda. Dylan Red got Panda. It. Yeah. Oh, she was oh. there. Yeah, she she dropped the ball. So I'll break it. I'll break it now. in my living room. <laughs> I'll break oh, it now. No. Uh, Red Panda had an awful night, and I I thought it was worth mentioning because father time she, father time knows no loss no. guys she for she broke four <sighs> bowls oh four. four bowls to wash the worst is i'm in my living room trying to explain to my wife that red pam panda is a big deal and she's just it's a, a big deal and she's like big, what's she going on and i was like oh no she she dropped the bowls like i'll get She's losing it. The old gal was doing it a lot it, last man. year too. It's, this is like finding out. She's she's falling off the wagon. It's it's, it's sad to see. That's so that was my small, large. Rockets yeah. missing twenty seven in a row in the Western Conference Finals. That's 
It's basically the same thing. Wait, you mean my parents put money under my pillow when I lose a tooth? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, uh, what's your sing watch item, sir? Um, so I, I'm pretty sure. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a point, and it may not be popular. Um, oh no! And I, I'm pretty Ooh. sure Rucker's gonna appreciate this. Um, oh, I like but Jalen Williams. Arms. Yeah, Jalen Williams. Um, uh, he. Uh, he is starting to remind me a lot of another Jalen um, that I know that being uh, Jalen Brown, oh, because okay. what I saw a lot and, and, and I think I get some more wines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what Jalen we're talking about. Yes. Well, it's J-Dub. Um, J-Dub. Drink to that. Okay. Okay. Um, we figured it out. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, and maybe it was by design. Maybe it was a situation where Mark was like, look, I'm going to put the ball in j-dub's hand here in the fourth quarter late in the fourth quarter and see what happens now with that said uh before that great game by j-dub you know he was he was very aggressive on his drives you know he was he was doing the right plays end of the game though he had a couple possessions where maybe over dribbled maybe got into traffic with the dribble um, and he reminded me a lot of Jalen Brown, who has a loose dribble also, which oh, is no. the biggest, you know, kind of knock on Jalen Brown's game is his loose dribble at times, especially at the end of games, especially at the playoff games. Yeah, can't go left. And what I noticed was that they were pushing Jalen Williams left, and he was coughing the ball up a couple times. He had six turnovers, but he had a couple turnovers there at the end that were pretty costly. Um, and so. Again, as we progress with this team, you know, you're going to have nights like this where they are learning and within the learning, they're going to make mistakes. Um, And so that's what I noticed today. So you had the good, you know, he played great, you know, offensively, defensively, he was a menace out there. Um, But again, at the end of the game, when we needed him to to drive to the basket, when we needed him to get that shot, um, he kind of showed his his youth you know he showed his inexperience out there and that's great you know you're gonna have you played against the warriors the warriors are you know outside of denver the probably the the you know the best team in the nba um they've done it before four championships five championships whatever they've won um but yeah he showed his youth a little bit and it's good I, i'm glad for that i'm glad for these moments i'm, I'm not necessarily putting him down i'm just saying that i i noticed a part of his game that looks a lot like Jalen Brown's, you know, because his overall game looks a lot like Jalen Brown's, but then that part of it also crept his its ugly head also. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to see that, you know? So um, I hope he works on that. I hope he works on that, you know, on his handle. Um, but that, yeah, that's, that's my one big item. Again, I know people don't want to hear that. They want to, you know, marvel about this game and everybody's great shooting and, uh, and this isn't that, but I feel like this is a game where you have to take the mistakes you made and you have to apply that, and you have to learn from that, and apply them to future situations. So hopefully, that's what we see, and we see some of those mistakes kind of be worked out and not happen in future games and future playoff games. And so, that was that was my big thing. I think he's right. going to be. I, I, no, I think that's great. I I, uh, I think that's spot on when it comes to to J Dub. I've I've loved him since he was a prospect at Santa Clara it's always really tough with these guys that come in and just explode the rookie year because now it's not a secret anymore. Like you, you have everyone's respect in the league. You have everyone's attention. They're trying to do whatever they can to stop you. And I think that's the next part of his game is he's going to have to deal with everyone. Everyone's guarding him tight now because they know what he can do. And, and, um, he's got to figure out the, the takeover ability and late in games and, I think that's just part of being a young young talent and now you have another guy in the mix with chet and a lot more mouse defeat so you just kind of have to figure out like hey when is it my time when is it i don't need to force the issue um i know he's had some games where he's the shooting numbers don't look great but he's still he's still just so talented i think this is a lot of good stuff to happen early on in the year that it's like, you can, you have a whole season to figure it out. And that's why I'm just still so high on this team and looking at their upcoming schedule, they're going to have some good, good challenges. You know, I think three games they play against the Kings on the road and then 
Suns, followed by uh, showdown with with Wimby, which mm-hmm. I cannot wait to bet a lot of money on the Thunder in that game. But I I just think this is a team that only with time is going to keep getting better. They just have to kind of figure out like, hey, when is it my time? When is it not? It's just tough with so much talent. You just have to figure it out. But they're all players that are unselfish and you can see it on the court, love to play with each other. So it's, I think it's just gonna, it's going to be fine. But J-Dubs, I'm the Jalen Brown thing's hilarious because I was not expecting it to go in that direction, but um, (laughs) Celtics are four and oh. So I mean, I I can't complain too much with his left hand, but I'm very excited to keep seeing J-Dub. I, I I love that comparison because I do think, you know, they do have a lot of similarities with their games. I just, I just remember that that off season uh, video where it shows Jalen Brown trying to dribble with his left hand. And just oh, so it funny! Was, I was like, whoever so posted funny. that is an evil, <laughs> evil man. Um, so but they knew what they was doing. And I think J Dub's also a better playmaker than Jalen Brown is. So like that's a part mm-hmm. of his game too. Like I wonder if that starts to to rise to the surface a little bit. Mark's gonna be fine. He's one of the most underrated coaches in the league. I think he's gonna figure out some. Is he at this point? I, the funny thing is, I think he is. I think he's, he's really he's damn. He's everyone's pick for coach of the year. I think he's really damn good, but I don't think you have to be a, like a with with the fans that aren't. There's people out there that still can't say his full name or or know who he is. I've seen or those Andrew summer league interviews. Like those are hilarious. I just think he's one of the best coaches. No, oh, I, I I agree. I just. I underrated kind of calls of me out but yeah okay fine Where, words matter rucker words, don't okay. matter. words matter i don't know what i'm saying until i stop talking sometimes i love it Same. um yeah no it, it's funny that you compared him to Jalen brown because when you started that that like point alex i thought you were gonna say what i was thinking man there was a couple times i looked up and it was like if i squint i see shea gildas alexander out here right now with some of these those drives he was having, some of the the creative finishes around the basket, uh, even he, oh, he yeah. had his, his little turnaround, uh, like eight footer that like, but that's like Shea's patented move at this point. Like, oh, he I, was he he was doing some behind the back dribbles while in traffic, you know, in the lane and and getting mm-hmm. that long arm, you know, layup in. He was you no, know, there was there was parts of the game where he was amazing, and you know, he was. I, I think this was a game where a lot of our a lot of our star players had their moments um, and, you know, they had like extended moments, you know, where, where Lou went off for like, you know, the, the perfect third quarter, you know, you had Giddy going off um, in the fourth quarter, you had, you had, you know, Dub going off at times. And so I think they each had their moments to shine. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of highlighting those couple of moments at the end where I was just like, Oh, I wish he would have kept that dribble a little bit or passed the ball off or, you know, that's it. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. I, I just thought it was funny because, like, you know, last year he kind of thrived in, like, an off-ball off ball role, and I think that, you know, he will have a few more ball handling opportunities this year than he did last year, obviously, but he's still playing with Shea and Giddy, and so a lot of his points, a lot of his usage is going to be off-ball, and so we don't get to see a lot of on-ball reps, and, you know, I, I just thought it was funny that when we finally see him on-ball – uh, you know, he he reminds me so much of Shay. Like, you know, he talks about I, I think you guys compared him to Shay in the pre-draft process. I think he even said that like he compared his game to Shay in the pre-draft process. And so like, you know, it was just it, it was kind of it's kind of cool to me to just like, you know, see that take fruition on the court, I guess. Absolutely. Um it it's that's I think the the most interesting um, wrinkle with the thunder going forward is he has a ton of playmaking ability. Like back in Santa Clara as a prospect, he, they gave him the ball a lot. He ran the offense. He's very, very talented with his vision. And that's why I was so impressed with his jump as a rookie playing off the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be interested to see if they ever try to kind of get him some more touches when it comes to like running the offense, putting guys in control. And I don't know. It, it's just, there, I'm not. There's an elephant in the room of like I don't know how they keep all these guys together. So I'm trying to figure out who's the one that isn't. Um, and I I'm not trying to be a buzzkill, but it's just it's. 
I do math. Like I understand the salary cap works and they're all guys that are going to get a lot of money. Um, so I'm trying to figure out the direction of where you lean. And um, for now they have probably one of the most exciting teams to watch in this league. And I, I'm just pumped to see everything start to gel together. And, you know, all it's going to take for this team is a couple of big wins over some big teams. And then they're going to put on a string of going, you know, seven and one or something. And it's going to, mm-hmm. Be really fun. Yeah, I hope that when Shea gets back, uh, you know, he can kind of get back into a rhythm. You know, we talked about refs a lot at the top of the pod, um, but that's been another concern we've had. Just, you know, it doesn't feel like Shea's getting the respect that a first-team All-NBA player should be getting at, at the foul line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's not so much, like I said in the last podcast, like, it's not so much that he needs to go to the free throw line to pad his stats and get those points. Sometimes when your shot's not falling, getting to the line is how not just Shea, but guys around the league catch rhythm. Just seeing the ball go in the basket is enough to, you know, get the rest of your game in rhythm. So I think that that's been, I think it's not a coincidence that he's not getting to the line and his shot hasn't been falling so much the past couple of games. So hopefully he he needs to stop being so damn nice. He needs to go ahead and tell a referee what the hell is up and then get a tech and kind of establish his uh his reality of what's going on. I think Just he has Draymond one tech Green in his get career. All the calls. That's, that's what we'll do. He has one tech in his career? I, I think so, yeah. I yes. agree with superstars Dray- don't work like that. I don't want to get off topic, but I agree with the Draymond rant. Him and LeBron, literally, I've never seen two guys in the league. They will literally run down a ref and be screaming the yep. whole time. They will be rate. They will be rate a ref. Both like, don't get do you, teased. LeBron's the worst. LeBron I also know why he doesn't get teased. So I mean, okay. at, at some like, point this game, Chris Paul had to come and like be like, hey Draymond, that's enough. And you <laughs> that's Chris wild. Wild. Yeah. calm down. That that's is quick, quick off topic on this. You remember guys when uh, Pat Bev showed the ref uh, camera, uh, <laughs> if Draymond amazing. and LeBron did that, I legitimately think they would not get a tech. Oh, I, for like, sure. They take no, a selfie. I, 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 I legitimately think that they would actually look at the camera. They would look at the replay based off their the, review off of out. that camera. I legitimately think that. That's crazy. They got a better angle than than our than our uh, replay cams did here. Hold on one second. Uh, <laughs> Submit this to the league office for evidence here. Um, but yeah, guys, this was obviously it, it was a really fun game. You know, it ended very badly and on a sour note. But we didn't even talk about guys like uh, Metcalf's favorite player, the other Jalen Williams that I call Boom. <laughs> Um, Uzman Jane getting in there for a solid five minutes, knocking down a three. We'll love to see Isaiah Joe playing throw off the bench, made a couple big buckets here in the third quarter, prompting some Johnson Josh to music. Giddy? Um, yo, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Gosh, bearing the lead. Uh, Aaron Wiggins came in first half, played some really good minutes, made some, had some good defense, got to the rim a couple of times, knocked down crucial three. Vasilya Mizic, our very own. Serbian, yeah, he knocked down a nice three pointer and uh, had Ooh. you know spread the ball Ooh. around. Has, has he replaced our shot. other very own Serbian? I hope so. <laughs> should it be hard? <laughs> it should. It should not be hard. At this should point. not be hard. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, and then Josh Giddy, you know, like like we said, um, Darren, I think you said he scored like six points in a row at some point in the fourth quarter. But six shots in a row. Yeah, he scored. Oh, yeah. He scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, four points going into the fourth quarter. And I, mean, I don't know what happened. Something clicked with him, man. And, you know, he just came out like a man possessed. Uh, I, I made a note <laughs> incorrectly during the Pelicans game because it didn't turn out to be the case. But it felt like something clicked in the second half of the Pistons game where Josh Giddy like, figured out that he could just drive to the rim whenever he wanted to. And for two halves of basketball, he was doing that. And – you know, it it kind of fell out of practice in the second half of the Pelicans game, and obviously he struggled a little bit in the first three quarters in this game. But in the fourth quarter, man, he did his best. Shea Gilgeous Alexander impersonation, you know, just racking up points in the fourth, um, and you know, really had his imprint all over this game. Uh, you know, in the fourth quarter and uh, literally at the end of the game, um, you know, touching the net, but. Uh, shout out Josh Giddy. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the whole Josh Giddy uh, controversy on Twitter, did you? 
Mm -mm. I feel like I saw some stuff that he was liking a bunch of tweets because I just have no life and apparently live on Twitter. (laughs) But I, um, I love it. He's. That's the one I'm. I, I don't want to be the jerk, but I'm terrified that Giddy's going to be the odd man out. But yeah. um, I love him. I don't he think you're you. alone in that. I believe uh... he loves you. No, I'm just thank you. I I hope he. <laughs> I hope he means it. Um, I, I I think every thunder. It's just I'm doing the math. I'm I'm mm-hmm. you know. And it's gonna Presti's gonna shock all of us, and it's not gonna be that way. But. Um, I love the way he plays. It's just I'm trying to figure figure it out. But he was so good in this game. At one point, I was like, "Man, Giddy's just taking over!" Like it is just that's the thing with this team. Like they have so many guys that could just like if they're aggressive and and start to to hit their groove, they can really get going. It was very yep. it was very cerebral how he took over today. Like he literally was number one searching searching for the mismatch, but number two. Whatever mismatch it was, he was doing what needed to be done to get to the to the hoop. Like if it was a slower guy, a, a big slower guy, you know, he was taking him into the into the paint. If it was a smaller guy, you know, he was just doing that little that little push shot. Um, it was just it was it was it was what we want to see from from Giddy all the time, and and he actually you know came to fruition there in that that little run in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he is still getting targeted uh, defensively. Mm-hmm. There was a play late in the fourth where um, I don't know. Giddy's man took put a screen on Lou Dort, and Giddy switched to Curry, and you could see Dort was like reluctant to like let that happen. Yeah. Um, and so the defense kind of went in scramble mode. Chet got a nice contest on Curry as Curry like you know took advantage of that. That was the alley oop, right? Immediately, yeah. And and then you know yeah. he hit uh, Gary Payton for the for the lob there, so. Yeah, that was uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's areas to clean up, and you know, all of our star players, but uh, defense has been a constant uh for Josh Giddy and shooting who 0 and three tonight. So, um, you know, played a great game. Definitely still area of improvements for all of our guys. But guys, let's close the book on this game because uh, we've been talking about it for an hour, and uh, let's talk about some other stuff uh, after a word from our sponsors. Hello, everybody. This is Dylan from the future coming to you once again. I know you guys love it when I do this. Uh, This will actually not be an ad break. You probably heard an ad break in the middle of somebody's sentence earlier because we went so long with the Tylers um, talking about the Thunder game that uh, and we had so much other content that we was going to talk about and guys were so gracious with their time that we had enough for another podcast. So part two of this podcast will be posted tomorrow so this podcast will be posted today which is saturday in the evening and i will post part two tomorrow which is sunday probably probably sometime in the morning so not too big of a gap but we talk about uh some more league-wide stuff trades the thunder can make and of course we dive deep into the draft like we do whenever we have guys from no ceilings on so uh tune in for the next podcast but this will conclude the podcast uh when i finish talking you will hear my voice again but it will be on the outro so everybody have a great night god bless hoop when you can as always thunder up thank you for listening to the topic thunder podcast our podcast is available to subscribe on apple spotify stitcher and google play or anywhere else you listen to your podcast be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.